do this. Go to, we'll start off in 2 Timothy chapter 4. We'll start there. Second Timothy chapter 4. So this will be part 1. Uh, I assume it will be part 1. I don't know how far we'll get through this today. But um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the structure on this uh, a little bit. But what I want us to do is start off with Second Timothy chapter 4. And uh, we'll start here at verse, we'll just start at verse 1. <clears throat> this will get us going. So 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, re- rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, to the, uh, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity we have to study your word, and as we take a look at this information, uh, may it be relevant to us uh, that we, we have the heart and the desire to, to do the work of an evangelist. Uh, to be an ambassador that we've been called to be, uh, that we might be to the praise and honor and glory of your grace. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> now, um, one of the things that we look at here is what we see is these are, these are the final instructions that Paul's given to Timothy, right? And what he's telling him is based upon the fact, and you notice he says there, I charge thee therefore. And, you know, we always want to look at what's the therefore, therefore. And he's talking about based on what he's got, just got through talking about in the previous chapter. And if you look at verse, starting at verse 14, it says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And from, the, from, that a, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, were able, which are able to make thee wise in a salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given the inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee, Timothy, therefore before God, to do these things, right? And what's the main issue is in verse 2, preach the word. Um, You look down at verse 5 and he says, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Now, um, go over to Second Corinthians chapter 5. Um, and I want us to be able to remind ourselves of some of the things as we've gone through. We've gotten up to this point. Um, and we'll, we'll point some things out once we get there. But just, just a couple things that I want to go over with, with you all as far as this, this structure. And again, just think of this as kind of an outline to work from. All right? However you do it, put your personality in. However it is that you go and present the gospel to somebody, put your personality to this, right? Um, Obviously, the main things we want to look at are the verses and make the verses the issue. Um, But don't think of, well, I got to do this, this, this like a robot, right? But we do know that the main thing that we want to be able to present to somebody is there's a problem, Romans 3.23. God's provided a solution, Romans 3.24. And the way that you get that, Romans 3.25, that becomes something that you have by believing what God believes, right? And we've talked about that and gone through that. 
And that's how God is going to take a person out of Adam and put them into Christ. Now, this last this this lesson, what we're going to talk about is learning how to farm. And it's just a good kind of way to think about how you're going to go about doing that, right? So if you look at the last couple of pages here, uh, if you look at page 41, at the bottom of 41, I'll just go ahead and put this out there. <clears throat> um, at the bottom of 40, page 41 of Lesson 7 here, what I want us to think about is these three things, all right? Um, if you weren't with us when we first started, that's okay. Um, I can get you the stuff for, for Lesson 1 because we'll talk about that uh, Part 2 there. But notice, the very first thing is what I would like us to do is to organize, a, uh, organize your farm file, all right? We'll talk about what that is here in just a second. And what I would ask you to consider is to identify seven warm prospects. So what do I mean by warm? It's people that you know, right? It's not cold prospect where you just walk up somebody on the side of the street and say, hey, you know, do you have a minute? Could I have a conversation with you? These are people that we would know um, that we know need to hear the gospel, right? Uh, so think about, think about at least seven to identify those. Uh, number two there is set up appointments to meet with those you've listed as part of the Lesson 1 homework assignment. So the Lesson home, 1 homework assignment that I asked everybody to do way back when, and so then if you're coming in late, then that's okay. Um, what, what I'd ask you to do is get 10 to 20 people that you would want to be able to set up time with, all right? Um, so if you've got that listed out, and if you don't, then you have an opportunity to do so. Um, so these appointments are for the purpose of sharing the gospel and using the stuff that we've talked about so far as we've gone through this. And then the third one there, uh, again, that first phone number in, in that document is the church phone back here, um, which there's a lot of people. We, we have a lot of phone calls to that phone. Um, almost no one leaves messages, and I really wish they would. Because a lot of the phone calls are the, we want to talk to you about your car's extended warranty, right? <laughs> okay. Um, but <clears throat> those are about the only ones that I actually get. Um, we have had a few few people leave messages. Uh, so that first one's for the phone that's here at the church, and the second one is my personal cell phone number. Uh, so as I said before, if you don't have it, there you do. Um, but <clears throat> on page 42... What I want us to start thinking about is just a way to organize information, right? So what I, what I want us to be able to think about is our primary group, okay? So everyone has a primary group, relatives, friends that you work with. Um, one of the things, have you ever, how many people have ever heard of disc golf? Yeah, Toyota's got a course there, disc golf. All right, so for years, uh, there's three or four places in Lexington, actually probably more than that. We've got three disc golf courses here. So it's like golf, except it's a lot cheaper. Uh, you don't have to worry about paying fees to get on the course. Um, you go buy a few discs, three discs, 60 bucks, you're playing. It's not like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So years ago, I started a nonprofit disc golf federation whatever you want to call it association 
Um, and so within, we created a disc golf course, and then after I've left, they've added another one. But I use that as an opportunity to talk to people, invite them out. Let's go play disc golf. Never played before, that's fine. But I would use that as an opportunity, or even people that I know that played, I would use that as an opportunity to be able to get out. Because, you know, one of the things I've always found out, it's really interesting, depending on where you go and play, your first shot, everybody's discs are really far away, but you always have to meet back of the basket. And then you always have to meet back of the next tee. And you have a lot of time, especially if you have three or four people playing, you have a lot of time in between throws to be able to have conversations with people. So little things like that. Um, find, find something that you do or you might have uh, in common with somebody and think about how do you use that as an opportunity uh, to witness to folks. Um, but <clears throat> what I would like us to be able to do, again, just a way of organizing, um, is, and I give you this, and if it's not enough space, uh, let me know. I can get you uh, another way to do this. So nesting group or the nest grouping, um, A for family, B for co uh, common interest, C for neighbors, D for common vocation, folks that you work with, and E, just other contacts that you, come in, uh, that you have. Um, and then I've got a little checklist there just to kind of remind, your, remind ourselves uh, of, of this. Uh, one, do, we, do I pray for this person regularly? Uh, do I share the gospel with this person regularly? Do I invite them uh, to church regularly? Uh, does this person have any special needs or hurts or interests or anything like that? Uh, and how can my house fellowship minister to this particular person? And so then this is just a way to kind of organize. And if you think of something else that we could add on or change, by all means, let me know. And then what I give you is some, some places where you can have their name, address, phone number, email, and then you've got the spot where you can put what nest group are they in. Are they family, friends, whatever. That way it kind of gives you an opportunity to organize and make sure that we keep these things um, together. And then the checklist, uh, as you go through there, you've got that. Okay. Um, page 44 and 45, this is, this is basically a way to help you along the lines with that the, the group of 10 or the group of 20 that you might want to consider um, having contact with. So it's just a way to kind of organize this, their name, phone number, um, address, type of contact that you had with them, reason for the contact, any sort of comments that you have. Uh, you know, we had a really good discussion today, but we know that we can work on this next time, different things like that. And it's just a way to kind of help organize uh, as you're going through this, because I know as a person that needs to mark things, write things, it's easier for me to remember this way <laughs> than it is to remember this way, uh, especially as I get older and especially after the COVID stuff. I'm shocked at how much stuff I've forgotten since COVID. It's just, anyway. Uh, but th that's, that's for you all. And as I said, uh, if if you think of a, another way to do this or something different, by all means, let me know. But that's one way that I give to you all to think about how do you go about doing this. And here's here's one reason why. Second uh, Corinthians chapter five. Now, of course, we we start off in Second Timothy chapter four about doing the work of an evangelist and making full proof of of thy ministry. And one of the things that we talked about at the very beginning um, is. <clears throat> One of the reasons that people have trouble with evangelism is 
talking to people. Second one is, well, it's not my job. It kind of is, right? It very much so is. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and this, this, is, what it, this is really what we get into. If you look, at, if you look down at uh, verse 18, uh, well, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So if he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So is he just talking about evangelists in this passage? He's talking about all those that are in, in Christ, right? That means everybody. So that, that's that one of the key things that we want to be able to see there. Verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by, by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, who is it that's been given the, the ministry of reconciliation? Is all those people that are in Christ, right? And it's not a select group of people, but all of us have this ability to, to be able to do this. Um, verse 19, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us what? The word of reconciliation. So not only is he saying all those that are in Christ, here's your job, but also it's what? Here's the word that you need to go and preach. And he gives us everything. We've talked about this before. When you look back at Second uh, Timothy 3, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, proof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be perfect. What that is, is thoroughly furnished. We are completely and totally furnished to do exactly what we're asked to do because he gives us not only the ministry, but he also gives us that, that word of reconciliation, the, the information that we need to be able to present that. Now, verse 20, he says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So, who is it that our ambassadors is? Every person that's in Christ, right? So that's one of those things that we want to make sure that we see as we move forward. Um, go, to, uh, go to Titus chapter 1. <clears throat> But do they know? Do they know how how to present a gospel? And that's the only thing they know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and, and I get that. So um, with that, you know, the question was: Is uh, somebody newly saved? Are they expected to go out and do that? Well, it is possible because they now know the gospel that they've trusted. So it is possible for them to go and do that. Um, do they need to know and understand the doctrine of? imputation of righteousness to be able to go <laughs> present the gospel no i mean it's it's good to know that stuff and and to get and that's one of those reasons why i said in the last last lesson is if you if 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 you present the gospel to somebody don't leave them alone bring them along come along with them bring them here invite them to next time we do the evangelism training thing to get them prepared to be able to do that and that's one of the reasons why i talked about last week as well is what I would like, again, for us to be able to do is let's, together, I would like for us to be able to create, okay, you're in Christ now, what does that mean? And here's some information that you need to get going and kind of, you know, the idea of growth tracks, not just gospel tracks, but growth tracks. 
to bring people up. Um, and so that would be part of that as well as getting them in there. Um, but as far as that goes, they now know the gospel and they would, and, and they would be, you know, that little bit of information, they can go and present that. Now, the problem is, is they're going to be asked questions that they don't know the answers to. Now, that's a difference. That's a difference. That's a different thing. And that's why it would be good if somebody is like, hey, make sure I'm with you. Bring somebody with you. Um, but, I mean, they can, they can just as well turn around and go tell people, hey, here's gospel, right? Um, but doing that work, they, they would need to be grounded to be able to do it themselves, yeah. But no, that's a good point. <clears throat> um, Titus chapter one, we we we've when we were going through this um, a couple of years ago. Let's start off here in verse five. <clears throat> uh, he says, "For this cause uh, left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed." If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, um, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a, bush, uh, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, um, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, nor, no striker, uh, not given to filthy lucre, and he goes on down through there. When, when, we, think about, when we think about that issue of uh, stewardship, um, think, of, think of the work that we have as ambassadors as a stewardship this is something that we have that we can do something with right um and it's one of those things don't just you know of course i understand he's talking about a bishop here being um must be blameless as the steward of god there's there's something special with that but also this this ambassadorship that we have, this stewardship that he's given us, something to rule over, to, to be able to do something with, um, make it a priority, right? Uh, if we're given this ministry of, of, of reconciliation as members of the body of Christ to be ambassadors, take that as this is an important thing, right? Uh, and that's one of the things that we have um, on the back on page 41, be, be soul conscious. Um, <clears throat> be deliberate in how we do these things. Um, as ambassadors, we're called upon to be proactively engaged with lost people and to be able to present that gospel to them. Um, Paul, we, we looked at 2 Timothy 4 there about doing the work of an evangelist. Um, I want us to be thinking about this as a deliberate thing that we're planning to do and we actually execute that plan right because what is it uh um those who fail to plan plan to fail type thing um and it's one of those things make it a priority um the work that we have has to be deliberate has to be planned on planned for now does that mean that you might be given an opportunity somebody comes up and you just randomly meet somebody and have an opportunity to do that can you not just still go ahead and present the gospel you can't be like no wait 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 let's plan a time next week then we can come and talk right that's that's not the thing but be prepared at all times yes sir for, for close to 15 years, right? 
while I'm doing my job to present the gospel, I deal with a lot of people every day on my job. Yeah. Now, you have to be careful. You know, I'm in a setting where, so usually I know when it's the right moment, the Spirit says, okay, go for it. It might be late at night. I'm alone with the person. We start talking about things in general, but all of a sudden it drifts to that, the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, and the good thing about that too is there might there might be opportunities where you see that person again, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's an important thing to take advantage of those opportunities. And again, it's like don't just well we gotta be busy next week and we meet type thing, right? Yeah, not now. I've got other things to worry about. Uh, but no, that, that that's that thing. But also be be proactive in, in how we go about doing this, but also just be prepared. Know those crunch questions. Know, know those three issues. Know those crunch questions to be able to go through um, with people. Um, being intentional with, with what we do, um, with how we go about doing that. Um, go get um, go get First Corinthians chapter 3. Now, what I want to spend some time on now is really the definition of a farm. All right, we all know what a, we all know what a farm is, right? You know how a farm works. Um, do you just figure out when spring comes, like, I think I want to do corn this year. I'm just going to go do corn. You're planning that back in the winter time after you've already harvested the previous years. You're going to think, okay. Wintertime, what do I want to plant in the spring? You don't wait till spring to figure out what you want to plant. And that's that idea of I want us to be able to think of and, and, and do this intentionally. So as we look here on, on the paper down here, a major problem we face in evangelism will continue to be finding those who are willing to receive our gospel presentation, which I think you all would find is true, right? <laughs> is it hard to find people that will actually want to talk to you about these things? And then that's that's one of those problems. And so then that's one of the reasons why we kind of think of let's develop this issue of a farm. Um, what we what we want to think about, if you look at first Corinthians chapter three, verse six, this is this is the idea behind it. Um, and we, we all know this first Corinthians chapter three, verse six. I've planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every one, uh, every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. And then, of course, he, he gets into that issue there. But this issue that I want us to be able to think about this, this issue of farming is sometimes we're going to plant, sometimes we're going to water, all right? And, of course, what we've always said is success in this issue of evangelism isn't how many people we've gotten saved this past week. It's are you presenting the gospel regularly and in a clear and concise manner, right? That's success. If somebody says, you're, you're a nut, nut job, that's fine. You've presented the gospel. You've been successful in the job that you've been given, right? What's going to happen is you might have just planted, and then somebody else might come along and water later on. Uh, so don't worry about being the only cultivator 
like I've got a plant, I've got a water, and I've got to get this person saved because the moment you do that, you're you've you've lost the battle and you've lost the purpose of what we're actually trying to do, right? Um, so what I want us to think about is as a farm is a list of those people who whom we actually have some sort of relationship with uh, to be able to either evangelize to them or to bring them up into the knowledge of the truth. Because we all, what I don't want us to forget is when Paul says it's God's will that all men be saved, there's not a period there, right? It's and come to the knowledge of the truth. So we got to make sure that we keep that in mind as well. And that's that issue of what we talked over the last few weeks about don't just leave a person, a new a newborn babe, if you will, in Christ. Don't just leave them um, to everybody else. Um, <clears throat> on part B there, basic sources of prospects for a farm and evangelism prospecting is simply being soul conscious. And that's that that's a key key phrase that I'd like us to keep in mind. When when I gave us the the stuff where Oscar Woodall, um, where he presented the the gospel, and like I said, about three to five minutes. Um, if you can come up with a three to five minute presentation of your own, incorporating how you know your your story, how you've learned about the gospel by somebody else or whatever it is, right? So take your testimony and kind of create your own little track and be able to talk to somebody about here's how easy it is. This is this, this, and this, right? And keeping those things in mind. Um, the, cold pro the cold market pros prospects, that's just folks you meet, Walmart. You go shopping, hand out a track. You go out to eat, leave a tip, leave a track. Little things like that um, that's got contact information of some kind. Um, Obviously, we've got the the local TV station. We've got a TV program on that that's running every week, twice a week. Uh, so that's one way that we, we've gone about doing that. Our, as far as like the church information, um, I think everything's updated on Google since we moved over here. So if you search us, it should have all the right stuff. Um, but telephone and, and letter evangelism. You might know people that you don't live near, but you can give them a call, have a conversation with them, or even write them a letter. Do you know how special it is these days to get a letter, a handwritten letter from somebody? That's a special thing. Um, and if you take the time to write a letter, more, more often than not, the person's probably going to read it a little bit more than if it was just a text like, hey, how you doing type stuff, right? Because you've taken time out of your day to write them a personal letter directly to them. And it's not the form letter where you can just, you know, create the code where it puts people's names in and addresses and then you can ship it off. But like an actual handwritten letter, that would be, that would be a good way to do that. Um, and door-to-door. -door, um, <clears throat> Bruce and I have done that a few times. And uh, <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, but, huh? Well, not really. Mostly just, uh, not, not always good. It's mostly bad. There, there's been, there's been a couple of times where one lady was like, it's odd out here. Do y'all want a Pepsi? And so she brought us something. We talked to her for a little while, but most of them is, uh, what are you doing at my door? 
because they're not used to people. Yeah, don't go when Kentucky basketball is playing. We learn, we learn that, especially if they're playing Louisville. I found that out. Hey, you know what? There's more important things than UK basketball. But that's one of those things. And, and, and as I've said before, I would like to be able to do that not just here. Like we, the ones that we've gone to has been focused on this side of town, all right? So since we moved here, what I'm wanting to do is get this big neighborhood back here. It's really close. Now, the other thing, obviously, is there's a Nazarene church next door, um, and then there's another church that meets down there. And, of course, we've got the uh, – still can't get over this. There are people that meet at the movie theaters up here, and they broadcast live feed in the movie theaters. And people are sitting there in the movie theater – and they're watching this guy, and that's their church. No, not at all. I've I've looked at their I've looked at their doctrinal statement, uh, but you don't trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Some, one of our local churches has their services in there on Sunday. I don't know what they are. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. These aren't services. These are telecommuted, communicated, where they just were watching the screen. Is anyway. That popped up during COVID, but but we have. There's a lot of places around here that people might go to, but we don't know until we knock on the door right and so that's one of the things i'd like to be able to do uh on the next page war market obviously people that you have relationships with already different than the cold um what the main point of this is is what you would like to do is take a, a cold prospect and turn them into a warm prospect that you're actually getting involved in their lives in some fashion other than just walking up to them right um get to know them build a relationship with them uh, so that would be that would be the point point of that. Um, the development of farm uh, using existing networks, like we've talked about that, uh, dealing with those things. Part B there, uh, win a hearing. If if all else fails, just get an opportunity to talk to somebody in in any fashion you possibly can. As far as you know, some of the things that we've been dealing with here, um, being able to take cold prospects and turn them into warm prospects where you actually know them, right? You care about them. Uh, and it's not just, and again, the bad thing about giving a list is I don't want you to think, well, I've got my list full, so I'm good. I can check that off and I'm good. That's not the point of it, right? That's just a way for you to keep track of who it is I've, I've presented stuff to. Maybe I've not had a chance to talk to this person about the gospel yet, but we're starting to build this relationship, and I want to be able to have a conversation with this person about the gospel and keep track of that. Um, maybe you have presented to it, because the next time you meet them, you don't want to go and say, okay, because I, can I present the gospel? And they're like, well, you did that the last time, right? So keeping track, keeping track of those things. And, of course, it's not a all right, checklist, I'm done. Uh, and the same thing with this, the, the cold prospect to the warm. 
again, it's not, well, it's a checkoff type deal. Is the whole point of it is to be soul conscious. Care about dying people. Care about the lost. Um, and that, that's the main point that I want us to be able to, to get to. Um, number two there, don't become impatient or discouraged. It will. You will. I promise you will. But don't. All right. Try your best not to get discouraged. Try your best not to become impatient with them. Take the time. One of the things that we know is not everybody's on the same place that we are. And I know how frustrating it can be to talk to somebody and they just don't want to, they're just not going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's one of those things, you know, don't, don't get, don't get caught up in those things. Um, some, some opportunities, uh, you can think of is, and we've got some verses there, um, to go along with that as well. But think about this, being able to invite people to think of ways that you can do this dinner picnic. And there's just some, some, some opportunities there. Um, and I know some of you all did with the seven hours for the Bible. You took an opportunity to present that to other people and invite them in. Um, whether they came or not, that's not, that's not the point, right? You've offered it to them. You've given them the opportunity to be able to do so. Um, provide for them transportation. You know, we've got, um, we've, we had, we've had folks that's reached out and said, hey, we'll come. Um, but we don't have a ride. And then we're like, well, we can pick you up. And then it's, then you find out they just didn't want to come. <laughs> they use, they were just using that as an excuse. And then you're like, oh, wait, no. Okay. But we have had folks, I mean, the, the two, the two children that come, that we pick up over here. I mean, they come with us every Sunday morning, pretty much. Um, but that's an opportunity that we have. And the mom and dad's working at the, at the hotel. So that, that's not going to be uh, a way to do that. Um, provide a meal for them if there's a death in the family or, or somebody's ill. There was a lady that Delilah worked with years ago. Uh, she just lost her, her mom last week. And so then taking an opportunity to be able to go and talk to her. Fortunately, um, her mom was saved, uh, so that's a good thing. And then we've had conversation with her, and so she is as well. Um, being able to, to, to take, take those opportunities to be able to be that person for somebody that, that they might need at that particular time. Um, and there's other, other ways you can go about doing that, uh, ways that you can send a card, different things like that. Uh, part C, reach the reachable. Since we never know who, who is most reachable, what do we need to do? Just go reach them. Um, and as we, as we start developing that group of people that we would you know, talk about, consider as a cold prospect, moving them into people that we know and have a relationship with. Um, take advantage of the time. By the way, and I didn't point this out, and I really needed to. The, uh, and you don't have to go there, but that very first page, time is a valuable and important commodity that should be viewed in the light of stewardship. We know and, and of course I know it's easy to get caught up in life, but we know that we have a short period of time here. And what would we rather spend our time on 
presenting the gospel to a lost and dying world or something else. It's easy to get people caught up in like a political conversation. They'll, they'll get you that real quick. But, you know, this is, this is more important than those things. Then if you want to talk about that, you can. But um, A couple of things I want to point out here with the wrong attitudes. One, never be motivated by pressure of guilt. Never, never allow that to be the motivating factor. I, and again, I don't want this to be a, well, I've not talked to anybody this week, so that, that, should, never be, that should never be an issue. Allow the grace of God to rule in your life in all aspects. Family aspects, life aspects, presentation of the gospel aspect, always let the grace of God be the motivating factor. Um, the fact that you wake up, you've got another day of grace. That's another opportunity that you have to go and present the gospel. Don't think, man, I, should, I, I didn't last night, and I should have. Don't get caught up in that, that guilt and pressure of the guilt. Um, number two, they're expecting abnormal rather than normal responses. Um, we know that it's not going to be a normal thing that everybody we meet is like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in on this. Let's do this, right? Have, have expectations of, I've presented it clearly. That's the expectation. I've presented it clearly, and I've offered it to them. Um, and then the third thing there is thinking evangelism should focus primarily on strangers rather than friends. Um, everybody's, the same, everybody's in the same boat, whether they're strangers or friends. Everybody's lost unless they've actually trusted the, the, the gospel. Uh, so keeping about keeping about those things, keeping keeping them in the mind as you're working through that. Everybody should be the same focus, right? So to kind of think of it that way. The part two there, keeping the farm. That's really what the the the, the database basically that I gave you all um, on the back pages there. Um, this. <laughs> And, and you got to think about these things. So part A is, you know, keep a file, and that's why I gave you that stuff. If you want to make uh, make your own little, take your own little cards and put it on there, that's fine. Uh, part C, I do want to mention this. Um, think about how to organize these people. And, and this is one that you've got to think about. D there, for instance. Um, desist from personal contact. <laughs> you got to think. Somebody's going to tell you, quit contacting me and you got to be okay with that um and if they don't want any further contact from them that's fine um think about think about this if but you still have all their information think about this <clears throat> if somebody says don't contact me and you're trying to plant or water what's the last thing you should do contact them <laughs> exactly right if they're asking don't get to the point where they had to put a po on you or anything like that but you know think about think about okay i'm going to respect your wishes that's going to go a whole lot farther than 
just continuing on, right? So kind of think about those things. Now, on there, if you want to, if you want to send them a Thanksgiving card or a Christmas card, that's a completely different thing. I would say if they say don't contact me at all, I'd at least keep their information, give them some space, um, and allow and allow that to happen. C for regular contacts, visits, calls, letters, however it is that you you want to be able to go about doing that. Um, B, uh, the person actually does receive the word gladly. They're going to listen to it. Um, keep in contact with them here. Here we've got at least every 60 days, uh, until, until they get to the point where they've actually trusted. Um, again, that's another one of those don't overstep your bounds, right? And we got to be mindful of that. I know personally, me personally, there was, there was a guy um, when I was going to EKU um, in Richmond, uh, he approached me. I was standing on the front steps of, of the gymnasium uh, where the basketball team plays, and I was standing up there, and he approaches me, and, you know, he's part of the Baptist Union that was at the school there, and so he starts to present the gospel to me. And um, at that particular time, I didn't really want to have anything to do with it, and he kept persisting. And, you know, fortunately for me, later on that didn't become a problem, but it might become a problem for somebody. You know, we talked about, you remember when I talked about the lady that contacted us through the seven hours of the Bible thing about, um, well, you're just going to do what you want to do and this, that, and the other, and you're going to read the Bible however you want to read it. And I said, that person's been hurt by a church. Don't be the reason <laughs> that a person will never give you and give you audience again um you know you kind of kind of think about the kind of think about those things um but that guy he he just would not he wouldn't leave me alone um not too long after that he may have planted not too long after that i go to church with delilah and it's watered possibly um or it might have been planted before but you know he may have watered or he may have planted but you know, a little bit later on, I heard I heard the gospel and trusted it. But, you know, keeping in contact with a person at least every 60 days or so might be a good way to go about doing that. And so that's another one of those when did I last contact them type thing, keeping records of that just so you don't over uh, overstep your bounds. Um, a, this is referred, uh, this is a referred contact. It's usually a person who expresses a need facing a crisis. Um, we had a lady contact us. Um, earlier this year, uh, she'd lost her son, her only son, um, January of last year. And so she contacts us and the gist of it is she lives in Lexington. Um, and I'm not heard from, I'm not heard back from her for, for quite some time. And I kind of hope that it's not gone this way, but she was wanting to end her life. And you want to be able to be the person to be there for them because obviously she didn't have anybody else around her to, to be that, to be that for her. And it was, it was a young child that she lost. And of course, depending on who you listen to, well, God has a plan for that, right? That's the worst thing to say to somebody that's just lost somebody. Um, as a personal thing for me, when, when my father passed away, when somebody came, came up to me and said, you know, well, God just has a purpose for that. 
luckily I knew some stuff and I knew that's not what it was. But basically what you're telling the person is, is God killed your, your loved one. And it just, because then you're like, okay, well, what was the purpose? I don't know. Now you've created a problem and you don't have a solution for the person. And you're just leaving it up to, well, God's sovereign, so you just have to wait and see. That's, God's not a wait and see type of God. I was listening to something the other day, and it, it was this, it was a clip from a radio program in, in Lexington on the radio station down there. And it's, uh, that was the idea of this woman who was teaching. She was, God has a plan. You have to wait on it. You don't know what his plan is, but you just got to wait, wait and see and hope that things work out. And I'm like, that's, there's no hope there uh, at all. And you're creating a bigger problem than you're actually taking care of. Uh, but um, D, uh, a monthly activity. See if there's a way that you can come up with something that you all can meet once a month maybe. Um, think about how you're going to go about doing that contact presentation, whether they're saved, whether the church kind of get an idea of what you're going to be doing there. Um, one thing that I will point out is this is your farm. Plant and water your way. That's why I say make it part of your, your natural thing should be able to just at the drop of a hat, present the gospel to somebody. No matter where you are, take advantage of those opportunities to be able to do that. Plant and water, that's all you're asked to do. Present it in a clear and concise way. God will give the increase. Um, Delilah and I were talking about this last night. You realize you may not see the fruit that your ambassadorship has produced. And that's why you don't get caught up in numbers and I've done this and I've done that. Don't, don't get caught up in that stuff. Use technology. Uh, we've got things like Zoom, Google Meets, other video chatting formats, things like that. Um, take advantage of, of the technology that we have to be able to meet with folks. Um, to have that opportunity too. So part three here, and we'll just finish up with this. The beginning of your farm, list as many unsaved people as you know. Prioritize the list according to their importance to you. Uh, then select the top seven personal prospects and begin to plan and pray with a strategy to reach them. You'll find that seven is about the top number you can actively work with. If you get more, trust me, it's, it, gets, it gets hairy. Um, so again... Just some, some opportunities, some examples uh, that can help you. Friends, relatives, neighbors, people to whom you give business, business contacts, social clubs, people you attend uh, that attended your wedding, uh, Christmas card lists, people from high school, civic activities, your attorney, your dentist, your travel agent, uh, medical doctors, chiropractors, small business owners, former schoolmates, uh, real estate brokers, people you write checks to, sales people. Um, you bought a car recently? Send them a thank you card with a gospel track in it, right? Take those opportunities that you're given. Your banker, your insurance agent, uh, people who owe you money. <laughs> Think about that one. That's a good one right there. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways you can go about creating this, right? So, again, think about go through people that you know, list as many as you know that, that are unsaved, 
and pick seven and make those your priority um, and keep in contact with them. Even if they do trust in the gospel, continue to keep in contact with them. All right. Uh, and then again, I give you all this, this little checklist and all that stuff just to kind of keep track of things. And again, as I said, if you have other things that you would like to add on here, by all means, do so. Just let me know. We can we can make new ones. All right. All right. Um, questions, comments, concerns. <clears throat>